0: Uh, comments on negative rates, and his comments on the future path for his central bank.
1: It's going to take a lot to sort out everything that they have done today, and we'll continue doing that with Brandon Brown from Mitsubishi UFJ and Wacom Fells from PIMCO. In just a moment, you're listening to continuing coverage of the ECB decision and Mario Draghi's press conference on Bloomberg 1130 WBBR New York, Bloomberg 1200 WXKS Newton, WJM 94.5 HD2 Boston, Bloomberg 960, KNEW, Oakland, KOSF 103.7 HD2, San Francisco, Bloomberg 99.1, WNEW, FM, Bowie, and WJZ 105.7 HD2, Catonsville, and of course, around the world on satellite radio.
0: Before we get to Dr. Fells, Brendan Brown with uh, two more questions, if we could. You've been so patient to listen to this historic moment. Here's a frontline academic dealing with nothing he learned at MIT or you learned with your esteemed career or what Jakob Fell's learned at Morgan Stanley in PIMCO. It's original territory. Where does Draghi go from here?
2: Well, I think where Draghi goes from here will depend very much on the reaction um, from outside the ECB halls and how Germany and German political opinion responds to this and how eventually U.S. and uh, opinion elsewhere, because what we're seeing here is a, 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 an assault, a currency market assault, although it hasn't been so successful within, within the last half hour. And um, secondly, we're seeing a, a massive protec- protection program to help bail out, Um, for weak European banks, especially in in Italy and I would imagine in Spain too. And um, thirdly, the the corporate bond buying program, which is revolutionary in in many ways, is is another backdoor subsidization of, of European finance.
1: Well, that's a key point, and right now, Vitor Constancio is explaining the impact as the ECB sees it on banks of negative interest rates. Mario Draghi suggested that they had not seen a negative impact. Uh, We'll, of course, be monitoring the news conference and take you right back to it uh, when we get something more uh, on that. But, Brendan, just one quick last question. The, the ECB says there's no impact on banks, but they're doing the TLTROs. They're, they cut the main refinance rate, all designed to help the banks. Very much so, and, um, and it really
2: is a puzzle as to how a flattening of the yield curve such as we've seen, um, together with the banks not passing right. on negative interest rates to our customers, will, will not hurt European bank profits.
0: Right. Brendan Brown, thank you so thank much you. for coming. An honor to have you here with your thank academics you and your books on the challenges of the Euro Central Bank. This is what we like, folks. Olivier Blanchard, Brendan Brown. And then we get to go to Jakob Fels to review. Jakob Fells has been an original thinker on Europe and on international monetary policy at Morgan Stanley and, of course, now with PIMCO. Uh, Jakob, wonderful to have you with us today. I, I must go just first to your thoughts on the immediacy of what Mario Draghi is doing.
3: Yeah, good morning, Tom. Well, I, th- I think this is huge, um, as Donald Trump would say. I think this is one for the modern textbooks on central banking because, you know, the ECB is really employing the entire conventional and unconventional toolkit here. So it's quantitative easing. It is rate cuts, including negative rates. But importantly, it's also credit easing, right, venturing into buying private sector bonds, as Brandon just said. That's revolutionary. Um, And, of course, they are giving a lot of funding at zero or even negative rates to the banks. But what I found remarkable is banks will be able to finance 30 percent of their entire loan book at zero or negative rates at the ECB for four years. So I think this is a big, big step.
1: Well, it's a big step because it's going to enable the banks to lend a lot more. But are there going to be borrowers?
3: Well, I think this is not so much about are there borrowers. I think this is about helping the banks to restore their net uh, their, their their net interest margins, um, helping bank profitability so that banks will be able and willing to lend more. So I think so far the problem has really been on the supply side of credit, not so much the demand side. And this is a big step in that direction.
0: I was struck, and this goes back, Jakob, to your thinking, not prediction, but your thinking about a core Europe versus many peripheral Europes and within the European experiment, to his careful language paying homage to the fear of inflation. What is the pressure on Frankfurt – on a first-order condition from the Bundesbank, but in general from inflationistas within Europe?
3: Well, I think the interesting thing is if you look at the ECB's inflation projections, they've they've lowered them. That was not surprising. But they're now telling us that they will still miss their target uh, by the end of uh, 2018. So they have inflation going up to 1.6% in two years' time, um, which means that – There is a need to do more easing, and I think that the key question within Europe is whether or not German inflation, which is as low as euro area-wide inflation, will finally start to pick up. You need that relative price adjustment Mm -hmm. in Europe. The periphery needs to become more competitive, and that means German inflation will have to run above peripheral inflation. So far, that's not really the case. Um, So I think we need to watch what will happen to German wages and prices going forward.
1: Well, uh, with inflation very low, that should have a depressing effect on wage demands in Germany. What's it looking like?
3: Yeah, uh, that's right. I I think there there is clear evidence that inflation expectations have shifted downward and that this has affected wage demands. Um, But the labor market is very tight, and the German economy on a relative basis is doing well. Uh, so I would expect wage growth to accelerate in the next couple of years.
0: Uh, Mike, we see data here where the futures coming back. Uh, gold surging in the last 10 minutes, complete reversal, back up to 1257. The euro 109.57 is almost round trip from euro weakness to euro strength within the confusion of what we hear out of the ECB press conference.
1: Much focus going into this, Joachim, on the rates that the ECB is uh, charging. Uh, now they're also increasing the amount of QE, another 20 billion euros a month. The impact of that in your estimation?
3: Well, buy, buy, buying, more, buying more bonds, uh, I think that will uh, keep a lid on interest rates, on bond yields. Um, this is supportive for peripheral bonds. We've already seen uh, the Italy versus bund spread narrowing and so so i think this this continues to provide a cap for interest rates
0: yakum carl uh, weinberg has just been of such value to us at high frequency economics with his experience on south american workouts and of course his dire predictions for japan and the challenges of europe uh, dr weinberg would like to know from yakum fells your expertise on that linkage of finance over what banks actually can do. Are the banks in a position in Europe to affect what Mario Draghi wants? If they have the capital, can they actually lend it out?
3: Well, that's the key question. If they have the capital, they can lend it out. So I think the main constraint on lending in the past has been that they, you know, the, the that regulate the regulators, which you know also sit at the ECB, the regulators at the ECB require them to have adequate capital and that's been that's been a constraint on lending. Now, what the ECB has done today will help bank profitability. So this should help the banks to build up some capital through making profits. I think that's the avenue how this will affect lending over the longer term.
1: Uh, very quickly, um, we're seeing the yield curve flatten in Europe, uh, German yields uh, in particular, why?
3: Well, we're, we're in a negative interest rate world, so I think investors are reaching out for bonds that still yield positively and you can only find them at the longer end of the yield yeah. curve. So I think this will this will keep pushing investors out the curve and this will drag longer dated yeah. yields lower and lower.
0: Our coverage this morning on economics we began with Olivier Blanchard. With us now, Yakum Fells of Pimco. We will continue uh, with uh, Mr. Fells. Right now, we continue with Mr. Wilson, who got an equity market gift from Mario Draghi this morning. Do you see in U.S. equities moves up?
4: Well, you're seeing it in the European banks that trade here, no question. You look at Deutsche Bank up four and a half percent. ING up 4.5%. And then the Spanish Bank, Santander, also up 4.5%. BBVA with a gain of more than 5% in early trading. So it's definitely showing up here, no question. Uh, just a couple stocks beyond Jeez. that. Valiant Pharmaceuticals up 3%. The drug maker reached a settlement with RNO Pharmacy, which is part of a drugstore network with ties to Valiant. And r was among the pharmacies cited in a short seller's October report that sent Valiant shares tumbling. Earnings out today from Dollar General, the stock's up five and a half percent. The dollar store chain's fiscal fourth quarter profit beat analysts' highest estimate in the Bloomberg survey. Sales also surpassed projections, and Dollar General raised its quarterly dividend by 14 percent to 25 cents a share. (laughs) Yahoo's up one percent. The web portal filled two board vacancies, bringing the number of directors to nine. Of course, Yahoo considering options to split up the company, which owns stakes in China's Alibaba Group holding in Yahoo Japan. One more quick one for you. Nuance communications down five and a half percent. The speech recognition software Maker is buying back $500 million of stock from billionaire investor Carl Icahn, its largest shareholder. The repurchase will cut Icahn's holdings to about 11% from 20%.
0: David Wilson, thank you so much. We're with Joachim Fels. We will continue this discussion. Michael McKee looking at the nuanced headlines out of Frankfurt as well, with futures up 13, Dow futures up 93. Uh, The euro round trip, weaker, now stronger, 109.67 on euro dollar.
1: Get caught up on world and national headlines now with Michael
5: Barr. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It could be a very valuable memory stick. Germany's federal criminal police say the stick contains files on Islamic State fighters. Authorities believe the information is authentic. Britain's Sky News reports that on the border with Turkey and Syria, a former fighter gave them a memory stick containing 22,000 Islamic State files with fighters' real names, where they were from, telephone numbers, and even names of those who sponsored and recruited them. President Obama says Libya is a mess. President Obama, speaking to The Atlantic magazine, blamed lack of support from European and Gulf allies and longstanding tribal divisions within Libya. Five years ago, the U.S. intervened in Libya to topple then-dictator Muammar Gaddafi. The second day of a public viewing for Nancy Reagan begins today. The body of the former first lady lies in repose at the Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom?
0: Michael, thanks so much. It is an historic day for monetary economics, Mario Draghi in Europe. We'll do that next. Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: Market drivers brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. This month, your Mercedes-Benz tri-state dealers welcome spring with limited-time offers on select models like the sporty CLA and versatile GLA, each engineered and priced to move. Visit MBUSA.com today.
4: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
6: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are higher. They did trim a rally, as European Central Bank President Mario Draghi said he doesn't anticipate more rate cuts, though risk to the euro area growth outlook remained to the downside. He, we do check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And S&P, E-Mini Futures still up 9.5 points. Dow E-Mini Futures up 67, and NASDAQ E-Mini Futures up 26. The DAX in Germany is up 1%. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds. The yield 1.90%. NYMEX crude oil down 2 tenths percent, or 9 cents, to 38.20 a barrel. COMEX Gold is up 3 tenths percent, or $3.70, to 12.61 an ounce. And the euro now at a dollar ten forty one, 1041. the yen one thirteen point seven nine. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Tom and Mike.
1: Karen Mosca, thank you very much. Well here's where we are. The European Central Bank today cutting all three of its rates. The Main refinance rate to zero, the deposit rate to negative 40 basis points. They increased QE by 20 billion euros a month, and they announced a new program of loans to banks, essentially letting banks borrow money for free, or the ECB may actually pay them to take money to try to lend it out. Since uh, we've been gone, Mario Draghi's been taking more questions. He says the ECB expects substantially easier financing conditions because of this. There are very strong synergies, Draghi says between all parts of synergy package synergies and interestingly he says that uh, there was no uh, no real argument against taking the actions uh, he notes that uh, the voting rotation had no impact on the discussions Jens Weidman from the hawkish Bundesbank was not a voter this time but mm-hmm. Dr. Draghi says the overwhelming majority were in favor of the decisions, today's outcome, he says, dis- doubt, dispels yes. doubts about their willingness to act.
0: It has been a most interesting day. Nice summary, Michael. Olivier Blanchard with us and now Jakob Fell's of PIMCO. Jakob Fell's. when you look at this historical moment, I go back to Olivier Blanchard and the courage he had to say we must reflate and reflate now. Four percent was the operative number. We are miles from that. Is there still an appropriate now or immediate future to reflating? Can Mario Draghi affect what Olivier Blanchard tried to suggest four and five years ago?
3: Well, at least he's trying his best. Um, I think the power of monetary policy to reflate is obviously limited. There are all kinds of headwinds, uh, falling inflation expectations, um, a very difficult global environment, Uh, and I think what we need eventually is support from fiscal policy. So I think Mario Draghi is doing the best he can, and he made a a big step today, but in the end, if we really want to see successful reflation over the next few years, we need more support from governments, from fiscal policy. There are some encouraging signs on that front. Uh, Fiscal policy, for the first time in many years, is now becoming supportive in the U.S., in Japan, and also in Europe, but I think more should be done.
1: Well, uh, all central bankers seem to feel that way, but we're not getting there. So I wonder, uh, Mario said today they can go lower if they need to, but how much lower can they go? In other words, has he's thrown the kitchen sink at it. Does he have
3: much more left? Well, I think central bankers are slightly moving away from the idea that they – will push interest rates ever more negative. I think the reaction, the negative, the adverse reaction of bank stocks and equity markets and markets more broadly to the Bank of Japan announcement of negative interest rates, I think it has led to some rethinking. So the focus, and we see this in today's decision, the focus is now, again, much more on credit easing, supporting the banks, and also, importantly, venturing into buying private sector assets. So this was a big step from the ECB today, uh, announcing that they buy corporate bonds. Are they
0: going to compete with PIMCO, with Scott Mather's corporate desk, to buy corporate paper in Europe? When you want to buy a Siemens piece, are you going to compete with Frankfurt?
3: Well, I think they will compete with private investors, yes. My expectation would be that they won't buy huge amounts. I think this is not so much about quantity. It's more about sending a signal that they are willing to buy private sector assets. And I just view it as a first step. If needed, eventually, if if more is needed, I think eventually the ECB could even venture into buying equities. And so I, I just view this announcement of buying corporate bonds as one step in that direction. You can do much bigger quantities on equities than you can do on corporate bonds.
1: Uh, Question raised about that though, and and, uh, Mario Draghi says there will be a committee that will decide which corporate bonds to buy. More details will be announced later this afternoon in Frankfurt, but uh, is there a risk that credit allocation becomes the ECB's job?
3: Yeah, I think, you can put it this way i wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a risk. I think if you go back in history, in the old days, in the really old days, central banks were lending to the private sector. They were discounting trade bills. Um, so this is just going back to the roots where the central banks also lend to the private sector, and part of the reason for this is that the banks, for various reasons, are not really doing it.
0: What will this do? to the currency, I, and you know, I, I and others call it the litmus paper of the system, does this reaffirm not a, the drama of a currency war, does it reaffirm stronger dollar, weaker everything else?
3: I'm not so sure about this. I think we have opened a new chapter, so this is not so much, today's move was not so much about pushing the currency lower, and i think the fx market got the message we had a reversal initially the euro weakened but now it is stronger on the day and i think this is because the market understands that the ecb's focus is now on credit easing it is on supporting the banks it's on supporting the corporate sector the private sector and so you could argue that this is actually euro supportive so so in a way i think we're now in a new environment where it's no longer about currency wars This is much more about focusing on easing domestic monetary conditions.
1: Malcolm Fels from PIMCO, thank you for joining us today on this day when the ECB has, uh, in the words of, I didn't say this, in the words of many people, thrown the kitchen sink at the economy in Europe, Tom.
0: Is this fun? Olivier Blanchard, Brendan Brown, Jakim Fels, that's pretty good. Stay with us, Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: We're counting you down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.
6: Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee. And the opening bell brought to you by SCI. Imagine when investment operations predictively respond to regulatory change. See how SCI's global operating platform can be your catalyst for business transformation at scic.com slash imagine. U.S. Uh, stocks are higher at the open. The S&P 500 is up two tenths percent, or it's about four points now at 1992. Dow Jones Industrial Average up a tenth of a percent or 20 points to 17,019. And the Nasdaq up a quarter percent, or 11 points, to 46.85. Ten-year Treasury down 2.30 seconds. The yield 1.88 percent. They yield on the two-year, 0.91 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 2.2 percent, or 83 cents, to 37.46 a barrel. COMEX Gold is up four 0.4 percent, or $5.40, to 12.63 an ounce. The euro at a dollar $1.1037, and the yen is at 113.73. Tom and Mike.
0: Karen, thanks so much. Michael McKee, we're getting some interesting headlines. Draghi says, ECB has averted disastrous deflation. We need stable, solid recovery to return to price stability. What else do you see?
1: Uh, he's clearly defending the ECB's program yes. so far. Um, he says it's uh, what they have done today is the best answer to the question of whether central banks have any ammunition left. Yes. Of course, that just moves the question
0: forward. Well, we've got two guests to provide answers to the question forward. Kit Jukes will join us here in a bit. Right now, Christopher Wheeler has been such a, of a great help with us on the reality of financiers and bankers to work within this original territory. Uh, Christopher Wheeler, to, to have you play macroeconomist, will these historic actions today allow Deutsche Bank or Santander to loan out more money to provide investment? and create jobs?
7: Well, good morning or good afternoon from here. Um, I guess the answer to that is in theory, and that's what obviously Target is playing on. That is exactly what they ought to be doing because clearly if you have the option of placing your money overnight with the ECB at negative interest rates or so actually getting out into the hands of the customers who are paying yeah. you obviously a much higher yield, you <laughs> want to be doing it. Um, The question is, you know, uh, is the economy strong enough to support that?
0: Or is the banking system strong enough to support that? We heard from Jess Staley this morning. He's not focused on loans. He's focused on operations. Is there an appetite in Europe to do more banking business?
7: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, quote from Jess Staley because clearly we've talked, Tom, before about the problems of, of trying to get the, the the banks' platforms in order. Banks like obviously Deutsche Bank that you talked earlier. But I guess if we look at the the, the, the banks that are really supplying, if you want the economy um, in Europe, so you know the, the, the Italian, the regional banks and the, the Spanish banks, the German Sparkassen, um, the you know the French um, mutual banks, you know for these these guys, these are the guys who should be out there lending money. And, and while you know their systems aren't pristine, I think I would say, you know, these guys have much simpler business models and therefore they're a better position to get out there and lend that money.
1: How far are the banks away from being uh, reasonably healthy? Uh, There's been a lot of concern or commentary going into this that said whatever Draghi does gets uh, partially mopped up by the fact that banks need more capital in Europe.
7: Well, I think it's a, it's a mixture. And, and what we have is, is some banks around the periphery, where, you know, around, uh, as I said, the Southern European countries, where we still have very, very high levels of non-performing loans. And so that's a grave concern. Um, but on the other hand, we have, as I said, banks in those regions who are also pretty healthy, who can get out there and lend. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some of the bigger banks, the problem, again, is you know, not so much getting their capital and leverage in order, because they've, they've done a lot of work in that, that area. The problem is, and again, we keep talking about this, is actually... If you want, sharpening up the operational side of their business while, they, while we're going through actually periods right. where the you know, revenue generation is pretty dull, particularly around the capital market space.
0: I have been here, Mike, for what is it, 32 years, 37 years? Mike, you've been here for 54 years, is it, from like June? Yeah. Here's a headline <laughs> we've never yeah. seen. Draghi. Didn't really think or talk about helicopter money. I'm serious. That's the headline. Draghi, didn't really think or talk about helicopter money. Every listener, Christopher Wheeler, knows that's an logical idea. If you put a Sikorsky over any city capital in Europe and you dropped money from the helicopter, what would be the effect on your banking industry?
7: Well, yeah that's a that's a very really good point because what you know I'm just I'm trying to leave some of the blogs that are coming through and the experts in fixed income and I'm not not one of those maybe um, is the concern of course about you know when, what happens when the music stops because you know if this isn't enough that's that's a major issue the second thing is you're going to start thinking ahead to say how the heck do we unwind this situation and get back to some kind of normality and you know that's going to be a, a big big question and and it plays to your question about the Sikorsky
1: yeah. well they have kicked this can way way down the road with four year uh, TLTROs um they're going to lend money to banks for four years to uh, make up for the negative interest rates so uh uh
7: we don't have no idea what's going to happen between now and then well, I think that's that's the that's the the, the point. He, he's the one thing you can see in his speech is the fact that he's saying it's going to stay low for an awful lot longer, and I think that's the, one of the big factors here. Um, and as you say, they're kicking the they're kicking the can down the road for years. And uh, you know, it, 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 the worry is this is just going to drag on and on. And you know, and you know, it's now you know, my, a long my, time since this crisis started.
0: Chris, my textbook would say you see bank combination. Transactions, you see, is there a template in Europe? I mean, I remember Fortis Bank in Belgium and all that. Do you just assume there will be mergers or because of nationhood and culture? That's impossible
7: that um, that's a very good question, Tom. We 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 kick back to and fro. I think at the top end, the big, big banks, that's not going to happen, just as in the United States. I see Mr. Kashkali has just called a, a conference on too big to fail yes. up in Minneapolis. This thing will go on and on on big banks. But if we go into the Legion, if we go into Italy, we go into Spain, um, to an extent Portugal, I think we absolutely will see combinations of banks to try and um, deal with these issues. But it's not going to happen amongst the big players.
1: Banks getting a boost today in Europe. Deutsche Bank, uh, in Europe up 2.7%, SOCGEN 2.5%, Unicredit up six and three quarters percent. Who's, uh, longer term going to be the, the, the biggest beneficiaries of what the ECB did today?
7: Well, I suppose it, it, it's, it's a bit of a mixture, really. I mean, it, 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 the, 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 the argument is that on the one side, you know, the additional QE, um, which he's putting on the table, and this, 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 this long-dated um, lending facilities, then you're going to probably say the banks who have got the biggest element of net interest income on their balance sheet. In other words, the bank's mostly exposed to the, to, to the late. On the other hand, you know, the, the problem you have is, you know, uh, again, looking at how, you know, whether the the, the very big banks um, are going to benefit most because, obviously, they perhaps have less net interest income and they're going to benefit from having higher levels of fee income, which protects Mm -hmm. them from, you know, the the problem of negative interest rates. So it's really anybody's guess, but clearly, you know, the the, the Unicredit move is telling you that the Southern European banks are being favored by the market on the basis that um, this four-year facility is going to be very beneficial to them.
0: 30 seconds, how have you amended your Deutsche Bank uh, view, Christopher Wheeler?
7: I don't think I've amended it at all. I think they have so much on the table at the moment in terms of restructuring the business that actually looking at the the fundamentals of, of if you want, the flows of lending and and, doing business at the moment is probably secondly to seeing the bank in a position where its it's operational platform is totally repaired.
0: Christopher Wheeler, thank you. Great update with Atlantic Equities. And uh, moving us forward with a great set of guests this morning, we'll synthesize all this. With Kit Jukes uh, here in a minute. If you're just joining us, we knew it would be interesting because we're a bunch of nerds, but it was extraordinary. There's just no other way to put it, Mike. Uh, The headlines uh, speak of it the whipsaw within the market, weak euro, strong euro, now uh, euro strength 110.58, yields all over the place, gold all over the place, up $5 now. 12.62 the ounce, the Dow up 33 points, S&P up four points, the VIX 18.13.
1: Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and
7: national headlines, Michael.
5: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Tonight, it's the Republicans' turn to debate. The four remaining presidential candidates will debate in Miami. It comes as Ted Cruz is hoping former presidential candidate Jeb Bush will throw his support behind him. Last night, Democratic presidential candidates Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders clashed in their debate on Univision. While they disagreed on several issues, they agreed about Donald Trump.
0: Trump was in the middle of the
5: so-called Bertha movement
0: trying to delegitimize the president of the United States of America.
2: I called him out when he was calling Mexicans rapists, when he was engaging in rhetoric that I found deeply offensive. I said, basta.
5: Thousands of people already have been evacuated as a second round of rain hits an already inundated northern Louisiana. Flooding in some places is up to the rooftops. Three people have drowned in Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. Germany could have some valuable information on the Islamic State group. The country's federal criminal police say they have files containing personal information on militants and believe that information to be authentic. According to Britain Sky News, the stick contains about 22,000 files with telephone numbers and real names of the Islamic State fighters. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom.
0: Michael, thanks so much. You're getting the job for it. He you and to synthesize this historic day in monetary economics. Next, Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by SCNB. The bank for business is on the move. Are you looking for the right banking partner? Go to scnb.com to learn more. Now open in Long Island City. Get your business moving with SCNB.
4: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com. The Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
6: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association, International Trade or Business Dispute, Resolve Faster with the International Center for Dispute Resolution, the leader in alternative dispute resolution around the world, ICDR dot org. U.S. stocks are higher amid expanded stimulus measures from the European Central Bank. It was tempered by concern the moves may not be enough to counter a dim growth outlook for the region. We do check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And the S&P 500 is up 3 tenths percent or five points to 1994. Dow Jones Industrial averaged up a quarter percent or 43 points to 17,043. And the Nasdaq's up 4 tenths percent or 18 points to 46.92. 10-year Treasuries up one thirty seconds, The yield 1.87. 7 yield on the two-year 0.90%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.3% or 88 cents to 37.43 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 6.10% or $8.10 to 1265.40 an ounce. The euro, one dollar ten forty one. The yen, one thirteen point seven two. Filings for U.S. unemployment benefits fell last week to the lowest level in five months. Jobless claims dropped by eighteen thousand to two hundred fifty nine thousand in the week ending March fifth. Yahoo filled out its board, adding two independent directors at a time when the once dominant internet company is facing major strategic decisions and pressure from shareholders about how to salvage itself. Yahoo shares down one point six percent today. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and.
1: Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Well, here's where we are. The European Central Bank has thrown the kitchen sink at the European economy, cutting all three of their interest rates, including the deposit rate to negative 40 basis points. They increased QE by 20 billion euros a month. They're introducing a new loan program, essentially allowing banks to borrow at almost no cost or possibly even have the ECB pay them to borrow for four years, not much more Mario Draghi could have done. And what has happened to the euro? It has gotten stronger. Now, one ten thirty. Kit Jukes is in charge of following the moves in the markets for Societe Generale. And he is with us now, Kit uh, For those of us not in the markets, a bit of a head-scratcher. The market reaction, a lot of people noting that Draghi said, uh, we have done an enormous amount and maybe we won't have to do more, and that's enough to turn the markets around?
8: Yeah, at least the the initial reaction sense of the market was he's throwing the kitchen sink at it, but he hasn't got another sink. There's no sinks in any other room in the house. Um, And and so we we took the euro, uh, I guess, 1.5% lower, and – we held on to that for a bit, and, and now, now we've bounced back. Um, and, and I think that will. I mean, he's, you know, to, to in, in a sense, if this is the limit of where they can cut rates to, it's going to be hard to, to, for them to do much more on their own. The, the series of moves that they did look, on the surface, probably better for risk sentiment, better for equity markets. You know, they might be better for the S and P than they are for the euro at this point in time. They are going to put more money in. Um, we are having the prospect dangled in front of us of them buying. Continuing to buy a wider range of assets, if they need to do more of that uh, over time. Um, but what really took the euro down from the 120s down to down to this level a year ago was the move to negative rates. And uh, while I think cutting rates further can help, um, they they you know they didn't they only cut them 10 basis points, and and the hint that maybe they're done on that uh, has definitely paused the market. So. Um, if euro dollar goes lower from here, it's going to go lower because the the yield differential between the United States and, and Germany, in particular, will probably widen further, and, and, and that'll push money towards treasuries.
0: Right. Um, and
8: it'll widen further. We'll do we'll do more if if the Fed looks like raising rates in in June, say. But uh, but it's going to be pretty mm-hmm. slow from that.
0: Kit, we have to regroup from this, and part of regroup is expectations. He will manage them. All central banks will react to what Mr. Draghi has done today. But the only expectation I got is QE1, QE2, and on and on and on. Why will QE ever end? Um,
8: good question. Uh, I mean, I think QE, you know, I think QE either, either does something it hasn't done yet, which is, you know, QE so far as we can see, your side of the Atlantic, my side of the Atlantic, has done quite a lot to boost asset prices and very little Uh, to boost aggregate demand and to get growth happening. Now, central bankers will say we don't know what what would have happened if they hadn't done it. But, you know, at some point, either we we get some growth and we feel less need or we turn around and we say, okay, we we need plan B, and and we haven't gotten that far. I mean, and I I think that is, to to my concern, is, you know, if if this is a law of diminishing returns from buying more and more assets – it's it's not obvious. It's not obvious. Well, you know, the, the reason for it ending is what's the point? Going on buying more and more, it puts more and more distortions into the global economy. And, and enough already. That that would be the argument against it. I would rather they had cut rates more into negative territory and not bought more assets today. Is, is my opinion.
1: They seem to feel that uh, that would be difficult. That it would have an impact on banks.
8: Uh, it must do at some point because if the banks don't pass negative rates on down the line and, you know, um, imagine imagine your checking account in your bank in, in New York uh, costing you money every, every month and how unhappy would you be? You, you can imagine that the first bank that does that and moves to negative rates um, – it's going to be pretty unpopular, and they might they might lose out. So no one wants to do it. So negative rates are a tax on the banking system. At the same time as you're trying to get a benefit in terms of, say, a weaker currency. So yeah, that, that, you know, and and it's not going to be popular with you know, the German banking industry. Say if if you do it if you do it from the ECB. So there, there are limits. Uh, I'm not sure they're quite there yet, but, but that, that's what, you know, I think that's what the well, debate within the ECB was about.
0: But that's what we'd like to have you on is the idea of limits. I mean, if, if it's calculus and we're limiting out to some point, did Mr. Draghi identify the vector, the glide path where we hit that asymptote? I mean, I, I, just, I, I that asymptote, I just don't see it.
8: I think he's telling us that, you know, in a sense, I would have said that he would have had more impact if he'd had more negative rates, but he couldn't get rates further, so he's doing more quantitative easing. Effectively, he's doing the easier thing to do. Because he feels, in, in, you know, within within the European Central Bank's Governing Council, that he's not got the support for putting the pain onto the banking sector. At, you know, I, I mean, there's a there's a big line where once once banks start passing negative rates onto you and me, I suspect once one does, everybody else will do and will grumble. But I'm not sure what else will happen, and then they'll find they have more ammunition. But for now, I think they, you know, really do think they are pretty much out of ammunition. I think that's that's the problem, and we'll come back on the currency market and say. Unfortunately, to get the euro significantly weaker, you need the U.S. to do most of the heavy lifting. It's, it's how many times does the Fed raise rates will be the big driver here, and, and he's, he's limited on that. And equally, you know, if you send equity indices higher on the back of this buying, because you've got an expectation of lower rates for even longer, that that makes them more volatile because they're more vulnerable if everybody, if anybody ever talks about this, this game ending, this game of musical chairs, because you know, that the equity market is so disconnected from the from the earnings stream of the companies. So I, I, and we are. We're running out of room. Really, we're very close to it now.
1: Uh, as that sinks in, is this what we're going to see with uh, the markets, the reaction that we've seen in the euro, the flattening in the uh, European yield curves?
8: Uh, I think we'll continue to flatten the key yield curve as we say, all right, if we can't do much more and we, we've not got, you know, we've still got not enough credit growth and, GDP growth of, of just over one and a half percent at the moment. That people are going to look forwards and say, "Okay, I, I need to buy more duration. I need to buy more corporate mm-hmm. bonds." I think you'll get you'll get money pushing out into riskier assets, looking for yield. Um, and, and yes, and the whole thing the whole thing could could you know sort of drift down, and mm-hmm. we may get more volatility in equity markets. Um, and and less volatility now, in bond
0: markets. Here's a, here's a headline that came out at 9.43 a.m. This was made for Kit Jukes. ECBC Euro at 111 this year, 112 next year, and 112 in 2018. Kit, if you made that prediction at SockGen, you'd be out of a job.
8: <laughs> what I'd be is would be is, in a bar if that's what was going to happen. <laughs>
0: What is a wise one? What do you call on euro? Can you make some news here and amend your call this morning?
8: Um, I, think we'll, I think we will uh, we will. get to a point where the beneficiary of this is probably going to be the S&P. That will have a knock-on effect to the timing of the next Fed rate hike and expectations of it. I will get the euro down to 105 around about the back end of this year, but it's going to be quite slow. I'm going to find other currencies more interesting.
1: Kichukz, thanks so much for joining us This is a historic day. It's, uh, quite a Amazing. day. Amazing. Uh, I have to say, of all the observations anybody has made today, the best came in a tweet from Alberto Gallo.
0: Very good. There's who someone noted qualified. that Mario
1: Draghi was wearing the exact same tie today as he wore on the day he made the whatever-it-takes speech a couple of years ago. So take from that what you will.
0: Yeah. The market up 108, advances 17,100 on the Dow. S&P 500 over 2000, 2003, punch bowl full, equities rise, and with it risk on yields after a tumultuous, indeed, historic morning. The 10-year yield, 1.90%, two-year, now making a dash for 1%. We blow it out to 0.93 on the two-year curve, flattening in the U.S. to show how odd things are. Oil sell 37 70 on NYMEX. Don't want to make a big deal about that gold up $6. A euro 110.26 up all 27 pips uh, after uh, being much weaker earlier. We need to give a major shout out to our European economic and government team for providing us with assistance today, particularly uh, with the news flow out of Frankfurt, Germany. We are produced by YUN. Our global technical director is Kenneth Fellium. Stay tuned to Bloomberg Radio for much more on this historic
6: ECB action. It's Bloomberg Surveillance.